Hey, this is Nick Romolini, and welcome to another episode of The Blank Page. Today's episode is with Tony Tallarico. He's an editor and filmmaker living and working in Los Angeles. Just one note on this one, we did record video, and so there is a full video version of this available on YouTube, youtube.com slash at nromolini is where you can find the full video. I don't really think there's much else to say. Please enjoy today's episode, a conversation with Tony Tallarico. Thanks, as always, for listening to The Blank Page. How's that, Doc? That's it. I've arrived. We have sound. Oh, wonderful. Awesome. How's, how you been, dude? It's good. Yeah, I, it's uh, ironic to see your Canon camera over your shoulder. Yeah, I'm not using that. I don't, I don't have that figured out yet. I, I tried. I've got a HDMI capture card, um, and I had it set up for the morning meeting uh, today, and then I realized I had all of the... Um, camera info burning that like it's got the little viewfinder for you know autofocus and all that shit was already up on the uh on the screen so it's not a clean feed coming out of it um there's this thing i use called um let's just get right to the nerd shit uh it's called like eos webcam utility or something and it's just okay. a it's just a Canon plugin that I got. They released it, I think, like last year. And so that's oh, I'm yeah. actually using this is my 60D. Um, okay. And it's just hooked up through the um, the little port. HDMI. <laughs> it's, uh, right? No, it's not HDMI. It's um, it's like it's the AV out. It's like this random little plug that. Yeah. You probably yeah. don't have that cable, you know? Oh, but certainly not. No. Yeah, if it came with that camera, it is gone. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. And I don't even know if it came with it. Yeah, like this I bought 10 years ago. So, like, yeah, there's... But it's that cable yeah. that I'm always like, ah, oh, fuck, do I still have that cable? Because I bought it once, you know, like six years ago. And then it's right. always somewhere in, the, in a cable rat's nest somewhere in a drawer somewhere. I have boxes of cables that are just, yeah, tangled up. Yeah. It's funny they come in handy, though, you know? But I guess, I, like, I, worst case scenario, you would just, like, buy one for $6. So, like, one of the things my dad, like, he's a pack rat. Like, he, we couldn't park a car in the garage growing up because it was just full of his shit. Yeah. Um, and so one of the things I've been really cognizant of is, like, when's the last time I used this cable? Yeah. I let it go, you know? Just it's picking and choosing the ways that I'm turning into my father. I'm a hoarder. Know? I'm a fucking hoarder. Like straight up and down. Like I have my wife the other day, we were like organizing some shit and she was like, You always complain that there's no space for you in the house, but you have all these like secret fucking areas. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, that drawer that drawer that entire fucking cabinet over there have you opened your closet lately like yeah i'm it's not the good creep. it's creep comes it's, it's just expands outward yeah i mean i don't know 
I've always been this way though. Like if, if like my mom wanted me to go through shit in my room, like I would have a fucking panic attack. Like I, I hold on to shit. It, it's some, there's something like some trauma based shit happening surrounding that. Like certainly. Yeah. You know. yeah. I, yeah. Most of the things I do in life are trauma responses from right. my childhood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's cool getting older and just more cognizant of it. I mean, it doesn't like, I mean, maybe at some point it'll like fuel change, you know, because I guess like knowledge is the first step, right? I mean, yeah, being aware of our, our, you know, habits and our tendencies, you know, and then once we're aware of them, we can actually do something about them or just go, ah, it's fine. It's not killing me. You know, there's a higher priority issues in my life. Yeah. Yeah. There's a hierarchy, I guess. Yeah. But it's weird though, because I find that sometimes I can become obsessed with the figuring out of the why, but then like that can cause its own paralysis. Like, Mm -hmm. cause I could just focus on like, just open up the closet and just like, if I haven't worn that shirt in five years, get rid of it. But instead, like, I'm like, yeah, but why can't I open my fucking closet? Why can't I, you know, like, it's just like, Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's people with degrees for that, you know, (laughs) it's true. And they get paid handsomely. The thing is though, they also don't really benefit from fixing you. No, I mean, it is, it is sort of that like American healthcare model, right? Where like, there's no money in the cure. (laughs) It's weird. I mean, I've had some wonderful therapists who I love dearly, but I'm always like, if I get better, like they got to fill that $200 an hour slot somehow. You know what though? There's a, there's a trauma born every minute. It's true. It's true, dude. It's true. And this generation of kids, this like the kids who are like eight right now, 10, 12, like all of those children should become therapists because all of their peers are going to fucking need therapy. You just think from the, if the the world's still here, um, if it hasn't burned by the, yeah, yeah, I think so. I also think that like, we're living in the height of like anxiety. Like, I think that like this, I often think that like, and I think you're probably around my age. I was born in 84. Okay, yeah, close enough. I think that, like, I always think about our generation as being so defined by anxiety because I always chalk it up to Y2K because I remember being in school and, like, the lead up to Y2K, it was like the world's going to collapse, but nobody really knows. There was no, like, definitive information. Right, right. It was all just like, hey, get worried. Get worried something might happen. Exactly. Um, I think we're also like we were the first generation of like Columbine, you know. So that's true. Yeah, it was Columbine was in '98, and then Y or '98 or I think it was '98, and then Y2K. Obviously, you know, a mere yeah. 17 months later or whatever, 20 months later, like, you know. But this yeah. generation, like, because us being on our phones all the time and just flipping through, you know, and all the constant, like, you know comparison as the thief of joy just breeding anxiety you know yeah i don't know i don't know man i don't know anyway so yeah it just hooks into that one little slot and you get that utility the eos webcam utility and you'll be riding with that cannon i can't wait i i 
I'm looking forward to not having to like swap cards between takes when I'm trying to like film TikToks. Um, <laughs> yeah. Weird fucking sentence to say is like, I've started doing a TikTok and it's been fun. And I had one go kind of viral. I got like 20,000 views on one. That wow. Was, um, teaching, teaching them how to make head slates. Just Amazing. Like, hey, Here's a slate, and then you got two seconds, and then here's two pop, and then picture starts at an hour. And it's just, here's how you start, change your start time and your sequence settings. Amazing. Look at that. It's weird. It's weird. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't know how to do things. So, um, and it's yeah. easy to transmute that information like in a in a consumable format you know i mean it's not easy to create the content but it's easy to make it digestible yeah yeah and i guess i mean like i've been kind of thinking about um what i want to do in like the next what, what, what's my five-year ten-year plan like yeah and i kind of uh did you watch uh light and magic it's a Disney Plus documentary. Lawrence Kasdan directed it. It's about ILM uh, from like their story from like Star Wars, like A New Hope to present day where they're, you know, on the fucking cutting edge of what is visual effects. Sure. And like we have digital video because of George Lucas. Like he, he was editing Star Wars and he was like, this would be a lot easier on the computer. So I'm going to go and invest in those technologies and work with those people so that I can do this all on the computer. And then like he, he got to a phantom menace and he was like, okay, let's take, uh, let's take her from this take and then him from this take. And we're going to composite those together. Fucking and, guy like, ruined my life. You know, yeah, literally, really literally ruined our lives. <laughs> Yeah, now everyone's just like, oh, yeah, just do a split screen. It's fine. This is handheld. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, no, uh, yeah, yeah. Then we'll just do a dirty composite and then, yeah, we'll just, yeah, no, 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 yeah. it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Never mind that they're going to like run down to the deadline. What's your VFX budget? <laughs> That's someone else's problem. But uh, no, so like, I, I, I was kind of blown away at like how. Like George Lucas was just like, no, I want to, I want to see this change in the world. And so he pushed the technology and he pushed, um, the, the, he put his money into it and he got people to get behind it. And now we have Pixar and digital video and like, we've got fucking, you know, these things we can watch and make movies in our pockets. Yeah. I um, mean, and, and this, what we're doing right now, you know? <laughs> and so I started to think about like, what, what would my thing be if I could do one thing to change what film is in this industry, what it is to be in the film industry. And I don't want people, I want us to be the last generation that had to come here to get into the industry. Right. I want there to be a film scene in Austin. I want the film scene in Atlanta blow up. I want like Chicago to come back. I want, yeah. I want there to be more regional film centers. And the best way to do that is, Hey kids, Here's how you can edit like a studio does. Here's how you do offline, online editorial. Here's how professionals in Los Angeles do it. Yeah. And I want, I want companies in other places because the traffic's not good. The traffic in this town is a nightmare. And if I could get people to stop coming here, that would be phenomenal. That would really help us out. 
right? <laughs> I really appreciate. Yeah, you're you're doing the Lord's work right now. Please, please, because the weather is not not nice, you know. So, yeah, no, no notes on that. I'm not leaving. So like. <laughs> But like, yeah, we do have an issue of like overcrowding. So yeah, good on you. Keep it up. Step by step. No, it's weird though, because I remember a friend who like, who's an editor, probably like 10 years younger than me, maybe, you know, somewhere in there and like really came up in like the next generation, like outside of... Like, you know, I mean, my first big jobs were in Avid, you know, and like there's a very stodgy Avid workflow and like and like there are very stodgy people who who make sure that that workflow is adhered to. Mm -hmm. Um, And and it does create this sort of gatekeeping, you know, of getting into the business. And I remember this person sort of never did any of that and just like start cutting at an agency like you know one of the agencies that we've worked for and um and then got into like youtube stuff cutting youtube stuff Mm -hmm. and like i want to be careful about how i phrase this because i'm not trying to talk down on somebody because their skill set he's a very talented editor but i've always felt like there's this like knowledge base that people who came up the generation after me don't necessarily have. And at one point this person was like, yo, have you tried the transcribe feature in premiere? I've found it to be like really handy. And I'm like thinking to myself, like, why the fuck would I ever use the transcribe feature in premiere? Like we get our shit transcribed by transcription houses, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We, 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 but so the other day I'm like cutting, I'm like cutting together something for Instagram, for reels or for TikTok for myself. And I was like, their captioning system sucks. Let me see what Premiere's transcription shit is all about. And I was like, wow, this is actually amazing. And like their transcriptions are pretty solid. And then you can go in and edit them, whatever, and then create captions relatively easily like it really creates a sort of um pretty seamless workflow streamlined workflow and i was like man i often i like it was just like checking myself like that i do that thing of like well i know what's best and you there's no way that you could know what what's best because i've been around the block and i remember when i first came to la 10 12 years ago thinking about these avid only editors and being like these fucking people are dinosaurs like you got to learn new shit and then slowly over the course of a decade like i kind of i i'm not saying i i became that but i could see how you could become that uh, absolutely yeah no and i think i mean like uh, there was a, a guy I worked with a few years back and he had come from features and he was trying to get into, you know, marketing and it's a totally different beast and it's a yeah. different like, um, pace, uh, life, life pace, you know, when yeah. you turn around quicker, uh, and, uh, you know, it's not as comfortable as I think being a studio feature editor is. Um, and I think that, uh, what was I trying to say? I think it's really easy to 
once you feel established, just sort of like sit back and be like, well, this is how we've always done it. Why would it? Right. Is, I mean, the people that I the, like the editor that uh, Walter Merch, right? Like dude was used to cut on a steam back and d- 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 created the, the position of sound designer, you know, right. Like, that wasn't a thing before he got in there. And then he, right. he's, he was there on Avid One. He was there on Final Cut. He's there on Premiere now because he's like, I want to see the way that like we can do this better and different. And he's never stopped learning new shit. And I was like, oh, I would rather be Walter Merch than this dude that cut a feature 30 years ago. And now he's, you know, trying to get into marketing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember always saying that to myself, like, I'm never going to become that person who like refuses to learn something new or like looks down on something because it's like, you know, the up and coming like scrappy thing. But like, that's like everybody's existence is up and coming and scrappy. And then you become a thing and then you're like, oh, cool. I'm this thing now. And like, I don't know that kind of, I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting. I mean, like with the generation of TikTok editors, the people that are using like CapCut on their phones, um, there's a lot of really cool, you know, uh, tools, but they don't necessarily have all of the uh, features or, you know, things. I don't know that I could get an XML out of CapCut, you know? Exactly. Yeah. No, it's, it's strange. I don't know how some of these new tools that are being developed by people that want to disrupt the industry are actually going to be useful to professionals that need to integrate into a upper level workflow where they're going to send it out for mix. They're going to have someone whose job it is to mix it. They're going to have someone whose job it is to color grade it. Like those are trades. Those are crafts and they're important ones. And like, it doesn't matter how good you are as an editor, you're never going to be as good as a colorist at doing color. Right. You know? And so I feel like there, there's some of these tools that like they're neat, they're cool, they're giving kids an opportunity to get into like what it is to edit, um, and they can do it on their phone. They don't even need Premiere, um, but at the end of the day, they're going to have to learn something more like Premiere in order to actually integrate into a professional level workflow. Yeah, but it's like what even is a professional level workflow though? Like what like if that if they can make six figures cutting fucking TikToks, like that's no, a professional no, level workflow, you know? Yeah, no, I'm not. Jesus. I wish I wish I could have made six figures on my phone. You know? I mean, I don't like, know if they can, but like I don't I don't know that I certainly don't know that they can't. I don't know that they can't, but I do think that yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how much they make. Uh, I mean, I'm sure that there are some that like, they just do so much volume that they're making that. But I have a feeling that... I don't know. I also think that, like... I also think that a lot of that shit is going through agencies now. Like, a lot yeah. of that, that wor- like influencer work is going through agencies. So it is going, you know, to mix and it is going to color and it is going, you know, so some of them, some of them definitely are, but I, I, I worked on a project this last year that, uh, we, we were getting social media pieces in from other vendors. And it was very clear that like, these were not being mixed. These were not being like, these were not going through the same workflow that we were going through. 
with our clients. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think, yeah, like a lot of that stuff does go through agency work now. And I think there's also something to be said for like a lot of the marketing work, uh, or at least some of it. There's this guy I follow on TikTok who works at Vayner Media, which is like Gary V's company. And he was talking about how they would do side-by-sides and testing of here's a nice glossy professionally shot on an Ari camera, color graded mixed TikTok. And here's one that's just a guy walking uh, with their phone and talking at the camera and that one performed better. Right. You know? So there it maybe maybe high glossy, nice, <laughs> nice, uh polished work isn't the future. Uh maybe it is a more informal, direct to camera, personal approach that they take. We're in a strange like world, right? Like I don't, I don't, I I can't get my bearings anymore. Like, I mean, it wasn't that long ago that like the TV show was the TV show. There's no such thing as the TV show anymore. Like there's so much content that like, there's never going to be the thing that everybody's talking about because it's, there's, you know, there's so much, it's just so disparate now. Kind of dig that part of it though, because that means there's more people that have had a chance to have a voice, which is for sure. For sure. You know, but But um, it's hard to know, but it's hard to be able to see around the corner of like, yeah, what's next? Like, I don't, uh, is this like trend in, you know, social media and TikTok and YouTube shorts and like all these short form video content that like, yeah, it's way, it's, it's way more engaging to watch a TikTok that somebody's holding and, and, you know, whatever, than it is like, where are we going with that? Like what, I mean, I guess you just got to listen to what Gary V says, but I mean, he just listens to what the algorithms tell him. <laughs> right, he just right. Follows what the data says. Right. But I do think, I, or at least I hope that there will always be a place uh, in narrative storytelling where, like, people are interested in crafting a high quality, polished product. I mean, like, there is a place for that. Um, and not to get fucking, you know, Scorsese about things, but I think that there is, you know, a lineage of cinema. Uh, and I think there's also a, a place for, you know, the, uh, oh, what were those fucking guys? The Mumblecore Duplass brothers, you know? There's yeah. also that punk rock ethic of just going out, getting the shots and doing your thing. You know, I think both of those have a place in the discourse. But uh, yeah. uh, I, I, I hope that we'll still have jobs in 20 years is what I'm getting at. <laughs> Well, you already have the five-year plan, though, so you're not going to be looking for work in 20 years. Well, I kind of, I also, I mean, like, I do want to direct, you know, and I, sure. I think I want to, uh, you, you fuck with this Unreal Engine thing? You seen this? You heard about this? Is that one of those, like, AI generator things? No, no, no. So it's um, I don't Unreal know Engine, it's a video game engine. Okay, uh, yeah. Unreal Tournament 2K3, that game from like 100 years ago, uh-huh. they kept building the video game engine and now they use it um, for in-camera visual effects. So they'll have like a LCD panel wall and then they'll have a uh, motion tracker on the camera and they will use a virtual camera to project or to map 
the environment behind the talent. It's what they use on like the Mandalorian and a lot of like the Disney stuff that they're doing now. And it's kind of like the future of in-camera VFX. So, so I think I, screens and stuff. I, the, the, the movie that I'm working on right now, the campaign I'm working on for the or the movie, whatever the campaign that I'm working on right now in the BTS, I think I saw the thing that you're talking about because I was like, what the fuck is that? It was like a driving scene. And so there was a car in front of it and then the background was behind it and it was, it was all led panels. So it's yep. probably exactly what you're talking about. Yep. And I was like, Oh, that's an interesting way to, you know, not, have to shoot against the green screen or whatever, you know, not if the key in the background or whatever, um, which sounds fucking wild. It's funny because what I thought you were, where I thought you were going was, you know, something about like AI actors or something, you know? And I remember when, when, <laughs> and I was reminded of this recently when I saw it, cause it's that time of year. But I remember when polar express came out <laughs> and being like, yeah. I don't know if it was like, if I feel like the temperature of everybody was like, this is the end of actors. We don't fucking need actors anymore. We have, we have broken the, you know, the uncanny Valley or whatever it is. Like this is it. We don't need, but people are always going to want people. And like, I think that even as you know, AI can do more of our jobs, there's still going to need to be, somebody supervising that and making sure that it actually works. And I mean, I think maybe not, maybe it'll get good enough that we won't, none of us will be necessary. And then we'll just be truly in, you know, ready player one or some sort of matrix reality, whatever. Or the the AI will just wipe us out, which is, you know, fingers crossed. That's probably the best case scenario for the planet. (laughs) Probably. But like then what will the AI do? Like, cause they're not going to be like, the AI isn't going to be like, oh great. Now we can just let nature proliferate the way that it should. If no humans were here. That's a really good question. I I never really thought about, yeah. Like what does, what's the, what's Skynet's next steps, right? Like they they wipe out all the people and then they're going to go to the beach. What are this? What's this? Exactly. But is Skynet's existence reliant? upon human existence so does the ai self-destruct once humanity self-destructs and then you know a more beautiful world will you know become possible and then it'll just sort of starts over again right yeah well i mean like there weren't like you know the beautiful flowers that we have during the jurassic era you know so it's just going to be something the next iteration that's even more beautiful it's weird because dinosaurs never came back you know you would think like this is fucking this is this is apex of everything dinosaurs but we didn't go back to that you know yeah, no, you think maybe that we evolved back to dinosaurs or something but it's just nah it's just us and the fuck and our <laughs> and our fucking machines. Yeah. Good times. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't, so what's what's been stressing you out lately? Anything? Uh, what's in the news? It's been. Uh... No, you know it's funny because first of all, you're 
your email address, which, you know, we could cut this part or whatever, but Tallarico yeah. at Gmail. I have Romelini at Gmail. Like, it's a rare fucking thing to have your last name at Gmail. But really adopt, man. it's funny because when I met you, I'd never you're the second Tallarico I had ever met. And the first Tallarico I met was my fa- you know, my family's lawyer, Pasquale J. Tallarico, Pat Tallarico. Uh, Big, big, enormous man. God, uh, rest in peace. But I never knew another Tallarico, you know? So I was surprised because I anybody with the last name Romolini who's in the United States, I'm related to within like two generations because we all come from the same... My grandfather's generation was like the, you know, there was like seven brothers and a sister and that's it. That's in America. That's it. And so my assumption was like, you're probably related to, to my lawyer who had the house in Brigantine, New Jersey and the house in South Philly, you know, but probably not, you know, <laughs> maybe not. Uh, Philly. <laughs> yeah. Actually, maybe I, there is a guy in my family that I think is in Philly, but it's not like a direct connection. It's like um, a, a, one of my great grandfather's brothers settled in Philly instead of Steubenville, Ohio. And so like there's a couple of Tallaricos over there. Um, but yeah, there's there's a few of us. I get, I get a lot of their emails. Steubenville, Steubenville is a. Uh... Cause I know another guy who's Italian and from Ohio, <laughs> you know? And, and again, this is my thing of if, if there's some marginal <laughs> razor thin connection, they, they got to know each other. You know, this is the way my mind operates. <clears throat> Maybe he's not from Steubenville though. It's, it's somewhere else. Anyway, you're from Ohio. Uh, my family is. Yeah. Yeah. Like my, my great grandfather came to Ohio. I set up shop. Um, he had two kids, um, and one of them was my grandfather and the other one, I, I don't, I think he might have had kids. I'm not too close with a lot of my family, but, um, I understand Yeah, my grandfather had my, my dad's family and yeah. Did you do like a lot of Italian shit growing? Like, are you pretty culturally uh, Italian? No, no, no. We, we got cut off. Like we, my it wasn't safe to be Italian at the time, you know? Um, sure. And, uh, my, I, I, people don't really know that. People don't really know that. (laughs) It's all Sopranos and Goodfellas. Right. Right. No, it was, uh, like my, my grandfather refused to teach my, or my great grandfather refused to teach his kids Italian because he was worried to get them in trouble. Um, so we got fucking nothing. We like the closest thing to uh, like an Italian recipe is my my grandma. She's Irish and she tried to make Italian like a red sauce for my grandpa, <laughs> and it's got like bell peppers in it. And bless her heart, like oh my own. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> but yeah, no, like I think so. Um, the story in the family goes that like. My grandpa came over in 1914, and then a couple years after, my great-grandma came over, and they had the two kids, and then she kind of got postpartum depression because she didn't have anyone to talk to 
because she didn't, she only spoke Italian. She didn't speak any English. And then she ended up in a sanitarium, like, cause they thought she was fucking nuts because she didn't speak any English. Right. And that's where she went, you know? And that was that. That was the end of. Uh, and then you became story. Americans. Yeah. Yeah. Real fast. <laughs> And then you started eating Wonder Bread. America is real good at stripping people of their culture. It's a big assimilative thing that they love to do. And I yeah, but no, it's for the best. It's because we're all. It's because we're all one together. It's not. It's yeah, there's no sure. nefarious. It's not that we live in an evil empire or anything. That's <laughs> no. It's not that they just want us all to self cannibalize so that they could just exploit our cultures and sell them back to us. Exactly. No, that's the biggest part of it. Is they need us to be buying what they're selling. And yeah, so dude, you got to fucking go to Olive Garden. You wouldn't eat at Olive Garden if you knew what go- if like your grandmother's cooking tasted like. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you ever had a good sandwich, you would never eat a Subway sandwich again in your life. Fucking very true, dude. It's you know? Very true. Yeah, it's, no, it's, a thousand percent. I mean, I'm not trying to get on some capitalist shit right now, but whatever. I don't mind. I don't, I, I'm into it, dude. Have you been watching? Uh, uh, yeah. I was thinking about when we were about to record, you know, when I, when I knew we were going to record tonight, I was like, I wonder who listens to my show, you know? And like... I don't want to ever get to a place where it's like I'm jeopardizing potential employment because of some <laughs> shit that I said on the show. Like, yeah, well, there's this one producer, who, you know, and like maybe the details are too fucking obvious, you know, or if like I was like, yeah, this one project, can you believe this executive? Even if I kept the details really fucking like nebulous, I still am like, shit, well, you know, they don't. Uh- I don't know. I don't know. No, I, I feel like I said, I said some shit the other day to a friend of mine at another uh, agency at another house. And um, he apparently he thought it was so funny. He repeated it. And I was like, dude, you can't be telling people that I said that. Like, you can't let anyone know that that came from me. Right. But, uh, apparently. Yeah. Well, I yeah. I mean, I just, I sometimes when I, when I first like launched, like kind of relaunched the podcast, you know, I was kind of like, cause like a lot of the people who follow me on social media are the same people who bring me in for work. So, I mean, I guess they, they know me, like they know that nothing said here is beyond the pale of what is said there, but still I'm like, you know, I just feel like I'm like. Cause this is what I want to do ultimately is like turn this into work, you know, whether it's writing, you know, getting, being able to get a book deal from this, or if somebody wants to pay me to do this, or if it's, you know, this can somehow turn into getting a show, like whatever the fuck might be. Amps.com baby. I know, you know, (laughs) me undies, (laughs) (laughs) but like, while I'm trying to build this thing, I got to make sure that I'm still able to do the fucking bread and butter day job. Yeah. yeah. So that's what's been on my mind. I mean, if you really want, I have a seven-year-old and a two-year-old. You really want to fucking know what's on my mind? <laughs> yeah. What are they up to? What, what have they been doing? No, it's great. It's all, it's all wonderful. This is a, it's my, a wonderful, wonderful time. My buddy Griff has a kid. and uh, Griff. I, yeah, he's great. I love him. But great name. His, great name. 
his daughter is sick right now and it's the first time she's ever been sick like this um and she doesn't she didn't know what to do when you puke so she just starts freaking out and panicking and running down the halls to tell your parents like i'm puking what do i do (laughs) so that's just all over the hallway it's fucking spaghetti all down the rug. Oh. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm cool waiting a bit longer before I have some. Dude, nothing, no amount of time will prepare you for, there's no, nothing anybody could have ever said, no book I ever could have read, nothing could have prepared me for this. This is not me trying to, uh, you know, dissuade you by any means i just truly believe because i remember early on when louis my oldest was like two three feeling like man nobody fucking told me the real shit that i needed people to tell me but it wasn't until a couple years later that i really came to understand that nobody could have told me because there's stuff obviously there are little anecdotes like that that are hilarious you know um, but the actual like day to day boots on the ground, there's no preparation for it. None, none. There's no, you wouldn't believe people if they fucking told you. It's amazing. It is the greatest thing I've ever done. It brings yeah. me more joy than anything I've ever done. And it That's- is the hardest, most psychologically tormenting uh patience trying i mean my sanity oh well yeah yeah you no know. i know <laughs> no we've talked right, <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. you've only no, ever uh, known me as a dad though yeah no i i never got to i i would have loved to have gotten to fucking party with i'm and i use this as a term <laughs> of endearment dirtbag nick oh i know what you mean i know what you mean <laughs> probably most of the people listening know exactly what you mean yeah no it was uh it was a wild time it was a wild time i'm i'm glad to be here now surprise oh, yeah. i'm surprised i mean i'm kind of past the surprise now but i here i am you know i'm glad that this is where i am kind of shocking no, i made it here <laughs> It's definitely like I look back on my life and I'm like, if I had made a few different decisions, I am so dead. Like I, there's just no way I would have made it, you know? Multiple times. There were multiple times from like 16, maybe even earlier, 14 to like 27, 30, somewhere in there. Yeah. I mean, like I met my wife when I was 24. So like that kind of helped, you know? Oh, sure. A little. She, she, she ground you pretty well? She keep you from uh, getting too too wild? Back then? Um, yeah. Or were you two, like, <laughs> enablers, cohorts? Probably a little of column A and a little of column B. Right. I mean, I think that, like... 
and it may cut this, but I think that like she was ready to like chill before I was ready to chill. You know, I think like a lot of times, like a lot of the early frictions in our relationship were like me just like wanting to fucking go to 100 again, you know, and her being like, like, dude, you got to chill, like chill the fuck out. You know, like I don't, you know, this isn't the life that I want, you know? Yeah. But like I'm uh, chill now, dude. I le- I went to that holiday party on Friday, dude. I was gone and like f- there for like 45 minutes, you know. Said hello, yeah. talked to people for a little bit, could see well, what was happening, and then was like, I'm out. We can't, we can't like we used to anymore. I like I I die if I tried to. You people know? do like, though. People do. Dude, I had a I had a buddy recently who went uh, cirrhosis. Have I told you about this? Oh shit. Yeah, dude, that was a fucking hell of a wake up call where I, well, not a wake up call, but just like a, um, sliding doors kind of thing where it's like, shit, dude, uh, I just picked up the bottle in college and never set it down and it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. It's sad, dude. I, I, so what's that mean though? Like, is that like a death sentence? Well, it was, yeah. He, like the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Oh, he's dead. I, yeah, yeah. I got a, I got a text. Oh from shit! I was just like, uh, "Hey, he's dead," and I was like, "Jesus Christ, why?" And uh, I guess he never told his doctor how much he was drinking, and um, his doctor thought he had celiacs, mm. and it, dude just. It was too much. And I recently had a physical where I was so fucking happy. I got to look the doctor in the eye and not lie about how much I was drinking. I told right. him, no, I haven't been drinking this long. And he's like, oh, wow, really? Congratulations. I was like, yeah, I mean, you know, quit smoking, going to the gym, you know, just having my shit together in general. Yeah. And then, yeah, that was, I don't know, man. It's crazy. I had... <clears throat> Yeah, sorry, I missed the part where you said dead at the beginning. I just thought that it was a diagnosis, and I was like, fuck, what's that? Anyway, I apologize. Sorry for your loss also. Um, I had a couple of those doctor's appointments recently. Well, I had a dentist appointment, and then I had a doctor's appointment. The dentist was like, your your teeth are, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. And, like, I floss every day, you know what I mean? I, like, take care of myself, but, like... And then the doctor, like, my blood pressure was so insanely low. Like, it was, like, absurdly low. Like, to the, like, I couldn't believe how low the number was, healthy-wise. He's sure it was your blood pressure. Yeah, right. (laughs) I know. And I just, like, (laughs) run up the steps, too, because, like, the fucking elevator wasn't working. I was like, I'm not fucking waiting anymore. And I saw the steps, and I was like, I'm going up the steps. I ran up the steps, and I'm sitting there with the cuff on me, you know, wearing the mask. And I was like, you know, whatever, talking to the lady. I was like... Maybe we just take a minute and let me settle down a little bit. She's like, just take a deep breath. I'm like, all right. And then it was like fucking 103 over whatever the fuck, 60 or whatever. But anyway, and then they were like talking about how strong my blood flow was. They, they, every fucking person was just like, don't stop what you're doing. And between that and the dentist appointment, as like a 38-year-old who like 
literally never thought that I would live past 30 and like didn't go to the dentist for like five years at one point, like all this shit, like, you know, waffled from being obese to like anorexic, like, you know, just not anorexic, but like waif thin, like, and on, you know, whatever, um, to get that feedback was so life affirming and validating that like I've come so fucking far like I'm so fucking proud of myself like I'm not the best dad in the world but I I try every day and like yeah. I work really hard to be a better person and to be a better husband and to be a better friend and just to be better and like it's I don't know it's really validating when you get that feedback you know no absolutely and like this you know I'm sure like your friend died. Like, I'm sure, you know, a bunch of people, like there's all kinds of people who I know who are dead, who yeah. are fucking 40 or younger, who are dead from drugs or just shitty fucking choices. And I'm like, yeah, dude, sliding doors. Like I feel hashtag blessed to be here. Really? Really though. Like, yeah, it's, I, I, it's insane. Like, I don't know. I don't, I, I, I don't like the word, I've been struggling with this idea of like the word deserve because people have been like, Oh, you work so hard. You deserve all these great things and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't like deserve because then that means like other people deserved that or whatever. And I hate that feeling because then I feel guilty and then yeah. I start to smile and I'm like, Oh, Woo, guilt and shame spiral, baby. Yeah. And all I did was not die. And like, <laughs> now I'm in my head about it, you know? Yeah. <sighs> Earn? I don't know. Is it earn? Deserve. What's a better? I know. I, I know. What's a better word though? You know. I don't I know. Like, I like earn better because I can quantify earn. Like I, I put the dollars into my bank account, and that's how I earned buying a thing. You know. Right. It's I, but to deserve something just feels like it, it, it's giving the universe too much credit to dole out karma correctly, and I don't think it does. I don't think it really cares. I think it's all pretty fucking random. And so, like, I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about that. Cause, yeah, obviously, it's like, why is that guy two blocks from my house under the bridge? You know, and why am I here? I deserve this. He deserved that. Like, you know, yeah. I don't really know. I mean, and this could get into some really esoteric space, but I guess we could just leave it there. But yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what that is. <clears throat> I've been lucky versus fortunate, you know, like, or like fortunate. Like I, I feel very fortunate, you know, and I don't feel privileged. I feel very fortunate to have this set of circumstances that I was born into, you know, and that I've worked to get myself to this place, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know if you have anything no, to say about that, but I'm just going to leave that there. <laughs> I'll say some things. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of, I mean, when it comes to privilege and whatnot, there's a lot of people that aren't doing anywhere near as well as us that feel like they they missed out on the privilege but they also like haven't put in a lot of the work to improve themselves the way we have and i think there's something to that like we we came from a place 
and we we have good blood pressure and we're not drinking as much you know like we put in a bit of work and that's how that's that's the difference between deserve and earn is earn also has work behind it you know yeah <clears throat> yeah i mean and like All right, here we go. I feel like it's hard to be like lumped into a certain group of people because of like maybe how I appear in the world when like a lot of those people's set of circumstances were way different than my set of circumstances. And I find that when we just try to distill everybody's reality based on one attribute that they may have as the same reality, maybe we get into a space where things are not accurately represented or portrayed and we lose a lot of maybe subtlety and nuance about people's lived experience. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, that's true for any, any anyone, however they look. <laughs> there's, they a, there's like just a big difference, I think, between like Nikki Romolini and like Grayson McDermott, you know, or, or whatever. Gavin Newsom. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, 100%. I, I, I feel you. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Never seen a fucking Paisan in high office. Well, <laughs> Well, one state, but anyway, um, (laughs) two states actually. Anyway, who's got who's got got Italian governors? I guess New York, New York, and your boy in Florida. (laughs) Oh Christ! No, is he DeSantis? Hell yeah, he's as fucking Italian as they come. I don't know what I was hoping for. But I wasn't, uh, that's a bummer, man. He's not the best of us. It's yeah. Fine. Yeah, it's, it's fine. It's Ew. fine. It's, it's all fine. That's, that's the other thing. It's all fine. My blood pressure doesn't have to be fucking up here all the time. Like, I, I don't know. Like, you've been doing a lot of, you've been doing any like grounding stuff? You've been doing any like breathing stuff? Um, I, I try to do like 15 minutes of yoga in the morning. Nice. Oh yeah. And I've been going to the gym. I've been lifting weights and I was doing cardio. I was doing hikes for a while and now I'm starting to do more like weight training and I want to start doing like sprints rather than like long, slow hikes. Cause I want to like get in shape, like good shape, but yeah. like, no, no, I, I was on like a run, dude. Like I was on a run of meditation like every every day for like a year, dude. And then like, and you know, at, low, okay. huh? And your blood pressure is low. Yeah. After a year of meditation. Yeah, probably. Well, I stopped like I stopped a while ago. I, st- I just it's like it's like it's whatever. This is just excuse city. But I find that. It, I have to, I have to choose how I spend my time. And I'm like, well, the stretching seems like there will be more of a benefit for me than the meditation. Ideally, I would do both. I mean, the the yoga can almost serve as both. Like if you can get into that sort of space and like with a vinyasa flow. um, Yeah. It's Um, true. It's true. How about you? You do shit like that? Uh, yeah, you know, like uh, I, when I was back in my old place, I would go to Hollywood Boulders like three times a week, go climbing, um, in the mornings and then hit the, uh, whatchamacallit, sauna, meditate in the sauna 
And that felt pretty great. I've been doing the sauna. Yeah, I've been doing the sauna at the gym. At the I joined the Y, and uh, dude, saunas. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. In there, you just I take. I've got like a little half gallon of water. I take it in there and just like keep chugging that down as I sit in there and just bullets coming out. And yeah, it it's, is. It, it's really refreshing. It's a great way to start the morning, and then like you hop into the cold shower after, and it just closes yeah. up. And you just feel refreshed and ready for the day. It's life changing. I mean, it's definitely. <clears throat> I mean, I know that I'm on one right now, and maybe always. But like, I feel like I'm less on one, you know, like than I could be, you know. Like, I feel like it's like it helps. I mean, it obviously brings down physical inflammation, which I think brings down, you know, emo- psychological inflammation. You know, emo- like I think it's obviously all connected. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's in, yeah, it's incredible. Saunas are incredible. Have you ever been to Wee Spa? Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, oh really? Sure. Yeah, I love it, and it's just down the street from me. Yeah, same. It's probably equidistant. It's like between us, basically. Um, yeah. No, I yeah. Love it. I, I I threw uh, my buddy's bachelor party at Wee Spa. It's a that's a vibe. That's a, that's a vibe. <laughs> I would vibe just. Six dudes hanging out <laughs> when we spa got sushi afterwards. It was a great bachelor party. I'm glad that he wanted that and not some like, you know, crazy stripper bullshit or whatever. But yeah, dude. Yeah. I avoided like all the, I moved out like early enough before my friends got married. So I avoid, I mean, I don't, I don't know that any of my friends would have wanted that shit, but like, that's just a, uh, why are why are why are why are most dudes just like nightmares? Yeah, I don't know, man. It's really a bummer because like we get lumped in with them again, just because of yeah. one attribute that I might have. Yeah, no, I, I think I mean I don't I don't feel lumped in with them too much because I know, and this might just be me being a little condescending and a little full of my own shit, but. I've done it to me. better than them and my life Feed is, uh, you know, my life's going well and if theirs isn't, then that's on them, you know? Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't really feel too lumped in with them. I, I know that like people might make a snap, a, 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 you know, assessment of me based on, I, I do look the way I do. Dude, I judge mad books by their covers. All I do is judge books by their covers. I was thinking about, and I complain about that shit all the time. And then like, I always have to have these reckonings with myself of like, there was some woman at the playground and I could just just see her like pursed face, you know? And I was Uh, like, I was like, I'm not fucking, she's uptight. She's, you know, and she said something to, to her kid, like that's, that's his toy. Don't play with his toy or whatever. And I was like, oh, fucking, here we go. Somebody who's got to teach like toy possession to their kids, to their two-year-old or whatever. And like all this fucking prejudgment that I made. And then like a few minutes later, somehow our kids were playing and then we were talking and I was like, oh, she's totally sweet and kind. And there was no intent, like there was no malice behind what she was saying. She was just trying to be like, teach her kids to respect other people. You know, like whatever. But like, I complain that people do this shit and that's all I do. So, I mean, obviously I wouldn't be complaining about it if. I think, I think I also just assume the worst of any situation and that. (laughs) over to people as well like i assume 
whatever is bad that could possibly happen will certainly happen to me. So I have to be ready for that situation. And, you know, in my childhood, it was, it was, oh, if I, if I talk to this person, they're going to make fun of me. So I need to have like a Rolodex of insults to throw back at them because they're definitely going to say some shit. Right. Um, and that's, that's something that, uh, that took some time to get over. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's, that's like real, again, that's real trauma shit. That's like real shit. Like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that <clears throat> what you're describing is catastrophizing, you know? I mean, that's, you, I catastrophize every situation, you know? I mean, I or I, I used to, okay. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm better, I'm better than I used to be, but like, that's all I would do is think of worst case scenarios. Always. It's, it's never like what's going to go right. It's what's going to go wrong. You know, how's, how's this going to yeah turn sideways on me because I'd rather be ready for that than be caught off guard on it. You know, I'd rather be prepared for it than have to make something up. I'm getting better. Improv helped me with that a lot, but like mm. being able to uh, not necessarily have a plan, but trust myself to find a way through rather than like have to prepare for every situation in my head ahead of time. Yeah. I'm, I'm working on that a lot. And, uh, and a, a, a friend recently was like, cause I had this situation and I was really obsessing over it and I was only, you know, obsessing over the worst case scenario. And he reminded me as he always does. If you spend all this time living this situation in your mind that hasn't happened mm -hmm. and then it happens, you've now had to live it twice. Yeah. And if it doesn't happen, you've had to live it once unnecessarily. But why make yourself live these things twice? Just like have trust in yourself that, you know, like you said, that you know how to navigate situations and you'll be able to handle anything that comes your way. But that fucking future tripping that obviously is a result of whatever similarities there are in our childhoods, like, cause that's where all the shit comes. Right. So <clears throat> it just takes a lot of years to untangle all that. And I'm sure yeah. you want to talk more about editing. Yeah. I'm gonna fine wherever we go. <laughs> um, we but I yeah. Huh? We can get back on to editing. No, it's fine. I just I feel like I you know, I just I don't know if you knew what you were signing up. Well, you probably knew what you were signing up for. <laughs> I've listened to most of your episodes, man. Yeah. I'm, oh, I'm thanks. I'm talking about uh, pretty much everything that you cover is, you know, it's all the same sort of shit that I like think about and would like to talk about. So it's all good. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. It's uh, it connects with people. People like to hear about it. It's weird though, because I was thinking, <clears throat> I mean, and there was a pocket in this conversation where we were talking about editing and I was like, Oh, this is cool. Yeah. Because like I do have a lot of shit to talk about that's not just this stuff, you know, but it's like I always find that this is the most compelling stuff to talk about if somebody's willing to go there. Do you ever you ever fuck with Fred Rogers? Like uh mister? Yeah, this this guy. Yeah, yeah, okay. He got uh, a book? I'm a big fan. Yeah, it's um 
a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It's a, it was that Tom Hanks movie, but um, it was originally uh, it's just like a book of Mister Rogers' thoughts. And okay, uh, it's I I would highly recommend giving it a read. But there's a specific quote that Mister Rogers had, and it was, "If it's mentionable, it's manageable." You know, if we can talk about something, we can find our way through it. And Name it. I, yeah, that's a, that's a solid one. And I, I think it's really true. And I think if people were more willing to talk about these things, things would be a lot more manageable, you know? I mean, yeah. And I think like if <clears throat> men were more able to talk about these things in a in a disarmed way, yeah, because like there's this there's this like masculinity barrier, I think, to being this like open and vulnerable. Now, now I will say one thing before I go on this tirade. There is something to the idea that some things are easier to just do than keep talking about. Like, I think it would be a lot maybe easier for me to just like go through my closet rather than continue to analyze why I struggle so much to address clutter. Um, Fascinating as that may be to discuss. Because I mean, like cleaning out the closet is just one aspect of that larger sort of aspect of yourself. Right. Like that's right. It's sort of a symptom of a bigger, I mean, not to clinicalize it, but for sure. No. Yeah. It's a symptom of the, of the, of the, of the, whatever. It's it's easier to pull a shirt off a rack and throw it in a bag than it is to figure out why that was so hard. Right. So it's all like, it's all part and parcel of the same journey. Yeah. But like, my original point is like, I think there's such like a barrier for some people because they're so entrenched in this false idea of masculinity, because I think the true definition of masculinity is this ability to be vulnerable and is this ability to communicate feelings in an effective way that helps everybody heal. Because I think that that's what we all need is healing, you know? If this world yeah. obviously is, is going to go anywhere, like men need healing. Uh, yeah, a lot of them, big time. And I think, I mean, that's one of the things that I think was so fucking wild and gangster about Mr. Rogers was that this is a guy who was trying to get, I mean, through children, but get people to have honest conversations about how they feel in the seventies, you know, like yeah, this is dude. A dude that was trying to make a conversation about how to, how do we feel? How do we express how we feel? How do we get to know our emotions as if they're like characters or people that, Oh, here comes anger. How do I, how do I respond when anger shows up? You know, right? And he was trying to get people to talk about that 50 years ago. I feel like I haven't been checking for Mr. Rogers in the way that maybe I should have been. I mean, I remember I watched, <clears throat> I watched a lot of it growing up, but I know all that, the documentary that came out a few years ago and then the, and then the, the feature came out too, right? It was weird. Cause there was Colin Hanks had one and the, where he played Mr. Rogers and then Tom did one 
just to like not be one up by his son. So there was a documentary done by the dude who did the Bourdain doc, right? And then there was a feature with Colin Hanks and then a feature with Tom Hanks. That's yeah. They both played Mr. Rogers. That's wild. Yeah, no, they got into rival projects where they both played uh, Mr. Rogers, which I just think is funny. But um, it feels like Tom would have maybe bigger issues with Chet than Colin. But I don't know. It can't be easy knowing that you're not your dad's favorite. (laughs) The thing is, though, I kind of fuck with Chet. Like, I kind of don't hate him. I mean, I've only seen a little bit. I'm just saying, like, you know. No, his opinions are his own and you do not vouch for them, but uh <laughs> I don't represent them. Nope. He does have he does have like a certain energy that is just sort of uh chaotic and um chaotic in a fun whimsical way. <laughs> like you never yeah. know what he's gonna do or what exactly. kind of have. <laughs> what did Chet do yesterday? <laughs> you know, but yeah, it's got to be tough being Tom Hanks's kid, and probably Tom Hanks doesn't like you as much as he likes the other one. Right? No, he definitely doesn't. <laughs> Tom Hanks came out. He was like, "Oh, we we got COVID. We are like some of the first celebrities to get COVID." And then Chet was like, "Fuck the vaccines." <laughs> but the thing is, like, how much of that is Tom Hanks? as a father and how much is it like Chet being who he is preternaturally? Like I wonder, cause like as a parent, you see how your children are different and you see how you respond differently to your children. And then it really has made me really rethink like <clears throat> how people become what they are and how much of it is innate. And then how much the nurture is informed by the nature. Mm, so like, I think they're more inextricably linked than maybe w- where it's like, oh, well, you know, it's, it's a balance of nature versus nurture, but it's like, well, the nurture might come differently because of the nature. I'm saying Chet could have just yeah. been fucking wild from, from jump street and Tom never knew what to do with him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And maybe Colin was just fucking, you know, real easy. Well, Colin's clearly seeking his father's approval whereas chet uh doesn't need it or want it yeah nah nah he's not chet's not concerned no, chet's no. not concerned but then it's like well what if chet hadn't been tom hanks's son like what if he hadn't had all the opportunities that come with being tom hanks's son like colin didn't have to go follow in his father's footsteps Chet, they both could have just fucked off and lived off of Tom's money for the rest of their lives, you know? It's true. But the the other element of that, too, though, is like, what if Chet had a different set of parents, maybe the right set of parents for Chet? Or maybe this is the right set of maybe like this reality for Chet is the best possible reality. <laughs> but like what's Chet's sliding doors with a different set of parents, you know? Who who maybe yeah. are more tuned to Chet's frequency. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I wonder about that sometimes too. Like if you had the parents who were more suited towards what you needed. 
how would mm-hmm. your not you the royal you how would right. your reality have maybe turned out differently yeah i i wondered like what if my parents hadn't raised us catholic that would, that would have been great you know <laughs> what Did if you we go- grew up protestant and our parents just loved us or whatever <laughs> is that what protestants do no but i think i feel like i don't know I feel like Protestants on the East Coast, like they they've been here longer. They're settled. They're like, like they, they, that Connecticut uh, upper echelon life. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That, oh yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Protestant wasps, yeah. man. Wasps. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm just like I don't know. It We're not like that. They, what's that? Our last names end in vowels. We're not that. I, I'm afraid <laughs> to inform you, Tony. Yeah, no, I know, but that's what I'm saying. I just wonder what that would have, like, to have uh, come from a family with, well, no, they got their own fucked up shit. You, you know, uh, yeah, it's the that's, Anna Karenina of it all. Like, I, I do yeah, wonder, like, so, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, the first line of Anna Karenina is, uh, every f- happy family is happy in the same way. Every unhappy family is unhappy in their own way. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. Makes us more special. How yeah right? <clears throat> How long were you were you Catholic? Like, wh- are you are you confirmed? I was not confirmed. I got up to, but did not cross the line. I know. Confirmed, my friend. I'm a confirmed Catholic. <laughs> they got you. But you can't turn around we, now. Did you do like Sunday school, or did you go to Catholic school, or would you? I I did do a bit of CCD. I didn't go yeah. to like Catholic school. I I was public school my whole life, which was pretty dope. I, I'm pretty happy about that, and that I got to go to like solid public schools. Oh, that's um, cool. They had those back then. Yeah, yeah, and, and well, yeah. So Livermore, the the tiny town that I grew up in, um, had uh, you've probably heard you you know the. F- Fission fusion news that came out this week where they they've uh that's my hometown that's a giant national laboratory bunch of eggheads so oh got nice some, yeah it's um, good to have some nerds yeah it helps it helps yeah but uh yeah, no, nah, I was just curious. I did CCD as well, and then I got confirmed. And like the day I got confirmed, my mom was like, "You never have to go back there. You never have to go to church again. I don't care what you do. It's over for you." Basically, right. not in so many words. Her her responsibility as a Catholic mother was to just get you across that finish line, and then it's up to you from there on. She's done. You know, that's it. So I mean, and and you know, she did not care that I wasn't fucking married in a Catholic church. I mean, she hasn't been to church. She hadn't been to church like like I was going to church way after she ever went to church. You know what I'm saying? My parents did a weird reversal. So like growing up, um, my mom's family hella Catholic. I mean, my dad's family is kind of Catholic. Like they're Catholic but liberal. Um, and yeah, there's so- some of those out there. Uh, yeah. And so, um, uh, oh, so growing up, my mom was like, no, we got to go to church. No, we got to get dressed up. No, you're going to get, you know, do your communion. You're going to blah, blah, blah. Um, confession, all that shit. Uh, and then my dad, my dad was like, oh, no, I'm agnostic. I was like, what's that? He's like, oh, it could be a God. I don't know. Um, and then my mom had cancer and now she's like, ah, fucking can't take it with you. Whatever. I don't care. And my dad, they, since they got divorced, 
now he's like, um, he likes having the company. He goes to church for the company, you know? Right. Which is interesting. Like, it's weird that they've sort of just swip, swap positions on it right. um, as they've gotten older. So, I've, I, I mean, I've been, I've been pretty much atheistic my entire life. Like, even mm. growing up in the church, I, I had some questions. You know, there were some things that didn't add up to me. Like, hey, this guy is all powerful, but his kid had to die? I don't get that part. Why, what, what, was the, what was the trade-off? Like, what was the, okay, if, if we're going we're gonna to kill Jesus and that forgives all the sins, couldn't he have just sort of waved a hand and wiped away the sins of the world? Uh, you know? It's just some, you know, questions that came up in my head as I was going through catechism and shit. Um, or, or like, like, oh, hey, this is an all-powerful being, and he's created us, but he also really needs us to like him. What's going on there? Why is he so insecure? Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. That's... So early on, I, I kind of, I had these questions and like, no one had good answers for me. So I was just kind of like, well, then this is bullshit. So fuck off, you know? Yeah. Um, no, I dig it. I dig it. Are you, when so, did your parents get divorced? Uh, way too late. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 2008. You've siblings? Two, two younger sisters. They so waited you were in your twenties? What's that? So you were in your twenties, and your youngest sister was. She just graduated. They they stuck it out. Stay together kid. for the kids. Wow. When did you know they were done for? Well, let me tell. You, let me let me put it this way. Okay, so uh, I was in my last year of college, and um, I got a phone call from my mom, and she was like, "Hey, we're having a family meeting. What do you want on your pizza?" And I said, "Ah, Jesus, who died?" And she said, no one's dead. What do you want on your pizza? And I said, oh, fuck, you guys are getting divorced. She said, you're getting pepperoni and hung up. (laughs) (laughs) It's good. I mean, could have been pineapple. How long I've known is sort of like, that's that's the hierarchy is either grandma's dead or they're getting a divorce. One of those two things are why we're having a family meeting, you know? But... How long did you know that they were done? Like how, like maybe not like when did you know that shit was not right? 15, 16. 15, 16. Yeah. I, there, there was, I, I have, you remember that fat boy slim track praise you shit. Yeah. 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 I, I had this idea when I was in middle or high school where I was going to record that song off of the radio, put it on a tape, have them sit down and look in each other's eyes and play that song for them. Mm. And yeah, I didn't get around to it. (laughs) Rest is history. You have no one else to blame but yourself for the fate of your parents. Uh, Yeah. No, I just, I always wonder about that stuff. My parents are still together. It's uh, they actually just celebrated their 50th anniversary. Congratulations. Which is insane. Thanks. But like there was some, you know, I mean, I don't know how, I don't know how they, how they did it. I don't, I don't know how anybody does it, you know, stays together for that long, but I'm always curious. I mean, I I feel lucky that, you know, 
because it's rare, I think, for parents to still be together. Like, I think divorce yeah. is probably more. <clears throat> no, we're, we're the divorce generation. Yeah. Yeah. Like most, I'm, almost all my friends' parents have been divorced at some point. Right. You know. Dude, one of my friends is actually. I know someone who's probably going to get a divorce and like has a kid. We know a couple of people who are probably going <laughs> to, but yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's yeah. rough. But they're, they're it, going through it, huh? I just can't believe it. It's just strange, like, to be at that life stage where it's like, oh shit, divorce is like possible. Like, I don't know. I'm a little ready for it. I'm over here, never been married, own a home. I'm ready for the divorces to start showing up. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. You've set yourself up in a nice position here. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's going to be some ladies returning to the market after being disappointed for a long time. <laughs> and all of a sudden, there's going to be someone called Scotty being like, can I call you dad? <laughs> Mm, well, that's not a, <laughs> that's a problem for later. No, no, no. I'm saying when these divorcees show up, they're not showing up kidless, my guy. I know. I know. That's, I mean, that's a conversation for a longer term. Where, where, that's, that's a, you know, month three conversations. Where is this going? You know? Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> We've gotten here. Any other? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. How long do you normally go? An hour? No, normally you're like 30 minutes, right? I mean, the I've had the conversations go long. Like like the early ones went really long. Yeah. Like this around here, maybe a little longer. But the, my new ones where it's just me are anywhere from, you know, six to 30 minutes. Um there's no time limit. I'm just thinking about post because I still don't have an intern, you know? Oh, um, man. So I'm really, always thinking about, huh? You should really, yeah, we, we got to find you a PA or something. I need some help. I can't keep doing it. If the people want to be fed, I need some fucking help. If they want this content, I need some fucking kid to come over and help me. I'll pay him. I feel you, dude. Just, Not a living wage, but I'll pay him a reasonable wage that I would have gotten paid when I was like up and coming. Well, just for inflation, but yeah, that's the general idea, you know. What's that? What's that? Like eight bucks an hour or something? Twelve bucks an hour? <laughs> I think minimums at least fifteen now. <laughs> well, that's just with these fucking liberals in California trying to give out free money to everybody. I'll that's do a fucking Florida's. Asshole. I'll do Florida's fucking minimum wage. Tennessee's minimum wage. Just with these fucking people that want to be able to eat and have heat at the same time. Yeah, fuck that. What's the federal minimum wage? It's still like seven fifty, right? That's what my interns get. Nah, I'm just kidding. Nah, I'm just kidding. The federal minimum wage hasn't been raised in like 25, 30 years or something outrageous like that. Place to be an employee right now. Like this country's got some real issues regarding its governance, and um, I don't know, man. I'd low key. I would not uh, be surprised if it's gear time, but we'll see how if it goes. If it's what gear time, which what's is that a mean? Portmanteau of guillotine and the word. Oh, time. oh, you mean like if it's French Revolution time? All I'm it's funny. They did it once and they did it fucking right, and now they still have sick leave. 
That's all I'm <laughs> saying. Do they get mad time off? They get mad time off. They have real good quality of life over there, dude. The whole month of August. And you know what happens when uh, they, anyone threatens their sick leave? They fucking riot and burn shit to the ground. You're not the first one to allude to that uh, moment in history of the people in my circle in the last few months. <clears throat> but it's funny, though, how... And again, I don't want to get too political. Maybe we'll just wrap up soon with another Mr. Rogers quote. But it's funny how conveniently things just get kicked around. Like, oh, no, we really care about this shit. But when with this shit, no, the states are going to handle this one. But the states can't handle this one. But they can handle. It's like the outrage is funny when you look at both sides of the both sides of the coin, you know, or whatever proverbial thing. It's yeah. uh, it's just funny. It's just funny how the buck gets passed. It's just funny how we've been made to um, cannibalize each other. Like the citizens, how we've just been divided. So we hate each other. Yeah. In a, in a, in a way that's really sanctimonious on both sides. Yes. Meanwhile, the real fucking enemy is over there. Like come eat at Olive Garden. (laughs) And come work at Olive Garden for seven fifty an hour. I mean, yeah, I, I could go on a whole tear about that. Where it's like, uh, oh, we 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 look down on the governance of China because we're like, well, no, they just have a one party system. Oh, what's that party? The Communist Party. Oh, what are our two parties? Capitalist and capitalist. What's that make us? It's a false dichotomy. They're giving us Coke and Pepsi, and we. Well, keep- yeah. Well, yeah, and it's it's just it's just funny to me how people dig in to their political camps, and I'm like, don't you fucking see? They get in power, they fuck you, and then they get in power, and they're like, well, they fucked you, and there's nothing we can do while they keep fucking you because they're all bought it. and sold by the same. I saw a stand up today, and she was describing the difference between the Democrats and the Republicans. And she was like, the Democrats are like that, that uncle that uh, says he's going to take you to Disneyland and he keeps promising to take you to Disneyland, but something just keeps coming up. Republicans are the uncle that uh, tells you it's irresponsible to go to Disneyland, says you should never go to Disneyland, and then you find out he went to Disneyland. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. We're fucked. Oh, uh, it's not good, man. Oh, dude, I have you watched Andor yet? No, I don't know what that is. It's a Star Wars show, but it's not about Star Wars. It's about violent revolution. Oh, cool. Yeah, no, it's dope. Like it, I, I'm a big fan of um, For Whom the Bell Tolls, which was uh, Hemingway's rec- like telling of the Spanish civil war and this group of rebels in the Spanish civil war. He was an embedded reporter during the Spanish civil war. So we got to see some of the shit. First really? Time. Yeah. Wow. Dude was, dude was a real one. Like he was over yeah, there. Yeah. He was a real one. You know, like, uh, but he, um, I don't know. It's my favorite book because it's just like, it's about this, uh, American, uh, professor that was just like oh yeah i have to go over to spain because there's fascists and i kill fascists 
And I really like that. I appreciate that. You know? Yeah. Um, Not to get too political. No. Well, yeah, I just, I just, my fear is that we uh, don't characterize enough people as fascists. Oh, no, I agree. I do wonder, like, do you think it's better somewhere else? Uh, I mean, for people that look like us, (laughs) Uh, the Netherlands, some Nordic countries. Sure. Um, Yeah, there's there's definitely some racist shit that happens up there. Right. Um, Yeah. Uh, but, but you could just stick your head in the sand, right? Well, I mean, there's also, you, you can stick your head in the sand. There, there's not going to be as many people. There's not as much diversity. It's going to be really hard to get good dim sum. Um, like there's, there, there are things that there was, especially Los Angeles. I do love because it, it, <laughs> it represents opportunity like that. Yeah. It, I can never is, leave this city. There's so much diversity here that like there's there's I visit family in Ohio and like I asked one of them, hey, have you ever like what's the most like ethnic food you've ever had? And he's like, I guess Italian. I was like, you never had like Thai food? He's like, what's that? Wow. I, was like, I don't know. Like it's like Chinese but different. I I can't that's not even a fair, you know, <laughs> this is the closest thing that I you might have as a touchstone. You know, like they just don't have the opportunity to and try these things because no one wants, I mean, no one wants to go to fucking Ohio, but yeah. Steubenville. No, I think, yeah. It's like, weird. Like this city in particular, I almost, it, I, I actually get overwhelmed. Like I could have panic attacks thinking about all the food that's here that I want to try that I'll never get to try because I'll yep. die before I'm able to. There's just too like, many places endless it's endless but yeah yeah, i don't know i mean of course los angeles new york the big cities represent that opportunity that you're talking about but i don't think as a country we represent that because there's people in fucking nebraska that they're just waiting you know they don't have economy they don't well no they had it they had it and now they don't have it anymore yeah because we because let, of, we let them do that. We let them take our jobs and send them overseas. Yeah. And also like the farm bill that they just keep signing that allows these companies to force monocropping and force pesticides and change the way we actually farm our food and yeah, yeah just poison our own populace because the FDA actually isn't in charge of regulating anything because the very companies they're meant to regulate are the ones who fund the FDA. What do you mean corn syrup's bad? We are not supposed to eat high fructose corn syrup in every fucking thing we eat. Dude, how how do you expect anybody to trust the government about anything, ever? They shouldn't. Anyway. Do you want me to read this fucking poem? Yep, and then we'll just leave it on this really uplifting note. Sorry, I can't help myself. You know what I want you to... I I want a whole tirade between both of us, and then just, what do you do with the mad that you feel? And then have Mr. Rogers' piano come in. (laughs) Beautiful. That's 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 a good note. All right, so this was this is a, a song that Mr. Rogers wrote that is based on a question, which the question is, what do you do with the mad you feel when you feel so mad you could bite? That's a question that a five-year-old or something came up to him and asked him because he, he was the child had felt this type of anger 
that was making him want to bite people and he didn't know what to do with it. And I think that if a lot of people could talk about that anger, then maybe they wouldn't be biting as many people. You know what I mean? What do you do with the mad that you feel when you feel so mad you could bite? When the whole wide world seems oh so wrong and nothing you do seems very right. What do you do? Do you punch a bag? Do you pound some clay or some dough? Do you round up friends for a game of tag or see how fast you go? It's great to be able to stop. And when you've planned a thing that's wrong and be able to do something else instead and think this song. I can stop when I want to. I can stop when I wish. I can stop, stop, stop anytime. And what a good feeling to feel like this. And know that the feeling is really mine. Know that there's something deep inside that helps us become what we can. For a girl can someday be a woman and a boy can someday be a man. And that's Fred Rogers. I could probably listen to that more often than uh, just this one time, and it would probably help me a lot. It's funny, those simple messages, I feel like you just need them over and over and over and over and over and over again, because I forget right away that like I don't have to be mad. I This is a choice. There's that Abraham Lincoln quote, some fo- or folks are as... Folks are as happy as they've made their mind up to be, basically. Something along those lines. I'm butchering it. But just this idea that, like, we can choose our reality. We can choose, excuse me, we can't, we can choose our reaction to our reality. It's Viktor Frankl. I mean, he's in the fucking camps and he's still finding joy. It's like we, I could be mired in this the way that I felt when I was just going off, you know, in this conversation or like, I could just be like, man, it's like really beautiful to just connect with another human being and like be alive and feel the ground beneath my feet. And, you know, know that I have two beautiful children inside and a beautiful wife and all that, all that it's like, uh, turning to gratitude is really the only fucking answer. And it's right in front of us, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, hey man, well, thank you for having me on. This has been absolutely incredible and um, awesome. Uh, thanks for taking the TikTok. time. TikTok, yeah, yeah. sorry, yeah, pitch yourself. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, do it. Mov on TikTok, uh, postmortem.mov on uh, on Instagram. Check me out, look me up. Uh, trying to teach uh, editing professional tips and tricks. For people trying to make a jump to the professional level. And I think six minutes of this hour and a half might have alluded to that. So I'll I'll put your I'll put your links in the show notes, man. People will come check you out. Sick, Keep doing man. what you're doing, man. It was great to talk to you. Likewise, man. All right, brother. Peace.
a beautiful day in this neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? It's a neighborly day in this beauty wood, a neighborly day for a beauty.